How can we multiply the amount of students who are reaching our community? Many of us might think it has to do with bigger events and more programs, but our guest today has been a very successful youth pastor for a long time, and he says it's more about focusing on the right things. So what are those right things? Go grab something to take some notes because Mr. Bill is here to share some amazing wisdom on this episode of Student Ministry Connection. Welcome to Student Ministry Connection, a podcast for those who serve in student ministry, want to connect, and desire to grow. My name is Steve Cullum, and I've been serving in student ministry since 1999, and I'm currently serving with National Network of Youth Ministries, where I get to equip, empower, and encourage youth pastors and youth ministries as they network and collaborate with each other to make a greater impact. Not too long after I arrived in Colorado, where I currently live and serve, people started talking to me about Bill Freund, better known as Mr. Bill. Like myself and many of you, he's what we call a lifer in student ministry. And I invited Mr. Bill on the podcast today for multiple reasons. He has a lot of experience and wisdom that we all need to hear. But more specifically, Bill knows what it takes to make a significant impact for years and years. And it all comes down to strong focus for your ministry, strong friends and partners in ministry, and a strong connection with God. But before we jump into that conversation, I want to pause and thank the sponsor of this episode. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy focused on helping students see every life situation through the lens of the gospel. G-Shades has options to fit everyone with three plans to choose from. This curriculum gives you the resources that you need to do what you do better. Do you just need message outlines, a discussion guide, and a game? That's just over $200. Looking for a higher production value, including bumper videos, Instagram devotionals, and parent guides? That's just over $300. Or do you want an affordable, engaging video curriculum? G-Shades has you covered for just over $400. You will not find a youth ministry video curriculum at that price point anywhere else. There are lots of great curriculum options out there, but G-Shades is set apart because of their focus on the gospel. Every lesson focuses so much on Jesus and how to see the world and life situations through that lens of the gospel. You can also learn more about the creator, Mike Haynes, on episodes 32, 55, and 93 of this podcast. So head over to gshades.org, that's G-S-H-A-D-E-S dot O-R-G, to download season five of G-Shades Youth Ministry Curriculum. And be sure to use the promo code CONNECTION at checkout to save $20 off your order. G-Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. Thank you so much, G-Shades, for sponsoring this episode. You can find the link to G-Shades in the podcast show notes. I also want to take a moment to talk to you about the Orange Conference. It's one of my favorite conferences that I go to each year. I've been going for years and years. The Orange Conference 2024 will be April 23rd through April 25th at the Gas South Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. This is a three-day in-person and online event for kids ministry, youth ministry, and next-gen ministry leaders. For three incredible days, we're going to be unpacking the truth about volunteer culture and what it takes to keep showing up, real tools to engage real families even if they don't attend your church, how to get everybody who is at your church to be here for the next generation, and yes, we'll even talk about AI, chat GBT, and whatever comes next. Main sessions include powerful worship, inspiring moments, and brand new ideas. You'll hear from main stage speakers like Kristen Ivey, John Acuff, Reggie Joyner, Joseph Sojourner, 
Leslie Mack, John Williams, Chinway Williams, and so many more. And you'll also have the opportunity to choose from over 60 workshops on specific ministry ideas and concepts that you do not want to miss. So if you want to join me at Orange Conference 2024, I've got a code to help you save 10% off your tickets. Just use OC24NNYM10. Again, that's OC24NNYM, as in ministry, one zero, and you'll be able to save 10% off your Orange Conference tickets. You can find the link to register and the discount code in the podcast show notes. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Bill. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here. So we have, we've kind of gotten to know each other over the years a little bit. I've gotten to, to serve here in Colorado and on a couple different occasions. When I first moved, you were down in Castle Rock and then you moved away and left us, but then I, now you're back. So that's exciting. So yeah, tell us a little more about your story and let the podcast listeners know a little more how you came to know Jesus, but also how you got started in ministry. Sure. So I um, uh, came to know Christ after high school, so I was not youth grouped or churched or any of that. I had a, you know, high school was kind of a rough time towards the end of the, my high school years, my, my 11th and 12th grade years. Just started getting involved in a lot of drinking and doing stuff with my friends that I shouldn't have been doing. And then I was having uh, sexual relations with a married woman of all things and scared to death I was, was going to get found out. And, and it was just a lot of stuff. Living with a ton of guilt, just a ton of guilt. And my buddy who I was living with, because my parents had gotten a divorce too. There was just a lot of bad things going on all at the same time. And I was living with him and he starts going to church with his girl he's dating. And I'm thinking, what the heck is he doing? And, and then he starts inviting me and I'm like, dude, I'm not going to your stupid church. God knows what I'm doing and he'll kill me. And he's like, <laughs> well, it's not like that. And I'm like, whatever. So he keeps inviting me. Finally, I said, look, I will go to your stupid church thing tonight if you won't invite me again. And he said, okay, which I think he was lying. He would have invited me again. Anyway, but I went, and for the first time in my life, I heard the gospel, that God loved me, that God loved me so much that he wanted to pay the price for my sin by my sins being removed by, from Christ's payment on the cross. Uh, I knew I was a sinner. Uh, I did not know that it was against God. Um, but for the first time that God had a plan for my life, that he wanted to forgive me for everything I had done, wanted to give me a fresh start, all the things I ever wanted that I'd never heard before. And so I, I, re, I, I put my faith and trust in Jesus. I went home and I told my mom, I told my dad, told my sister, told my brother. And honestly, I've been trying to tell everybody since. I just can't believe the deal I got. And it wasn't long after that and by the way, there was an old guy in our, the church I went to that following Sunday for the first time, put my trust and faith in Christ again, because, you know, when you do it, when you're new at this, it's like you do it like 15 times the first couple of weeks. Right. You know, make sure you got it right. But this old guy took me aside and he goes, what kind of a decision are you making? And I talked to him and he walked me through and he prayed with me. And then he gave me this little book called Knowing Christ. It was a little navigator's book. And he says, hey, you want to go through a couple first couple pages and meet with me this Wednesday? And I was like, sure. 
And for the next two years, that guy, that old guy, I'm older than him right now. Uh, that, well, than he was then. That old guy met with me every week for the next two years. Mm. And he literally discipled me when I didn't even know what that was. But I got to thinking, surely there had to have been Christians in my high school who knew Jesus. How come they never talked to me about Jesus? Mm. And I could have died and gone to hell. Not cool. And I thought, I want to help students talk to their friends about Jesus. And so I was pretty Bible dumb. So off to Bible college, I went at Colorado Christian University. Uh, and it was there that I really, I just, those four years were just great for me. I was working in a student ministry as well as going to college, learning student ministry. Um, met a, a good friend of mine, Greg Steer there. He was going to college and we, you know, we would go to the mall and share Christ with students because that's what we both love doing. And it was awesome. And we saw a lot of students come to faith. So, and then the president of our college was discipling me at that time. Mm -hmm. And he, he had been a pastor in the Houston area and had planted a bunch of Bible churches. And one of those churches was looking for a youth pastor and he recommended me. And so after I had a, actually a full-time youth job before I even graduated, they just had to wait for me to graduate. And then I was in Katy, Texas for 22 years as youth pastor. Met my wife there. We had our son and daughter there. And we were there for a long time, and it was awesome. But then we felt like God was calling us to pull out those deep roots. Because I, when I come into a community, I just get to know everybody in the community. I, I'm not about just the church people. And I had deep roots with businesses and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, when God calls you to go somewhere— you can either take the Jonah route, which is not cool, and he ended up going anyway, or he can do the Abraham thing so he, where he leaves his people, his land, his everything, and just goes. And so we just followed Jesus to Castle Rock, Colorado. And by the way, I thought I'd be wherever I'd be. I'm there till I die, unless God does something and moves me. We hired a new pastor in our church in Castle Rock. Our old pastor went on the mission field to Haiti. New guy we hired. And he just, the first day he came in and says, we're spending too much money in youth ministry, you're going to have to go. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness. And so we started looking and the Lord led us to Minnesota. We both thought this was for a time. <laughs> Beautiful people, terrible weather. So we were there, <laughs> we were there for three years. There's, there's two words in the Bible for time, Steve. It's chronos, which is like days, months, years, hours, you know. But then there's another word called kairos, and it has to do with appointed time or at exact time. It's the word that's used in the Bible where it says, at just the right time, God sent his son into the world. And so we were there at just the right time. Our church went through a lot. We were helped there to be stability for our church, and it was great. But then afterwards, it was looking like they were having to do cutbacks, and I was going to get uh, let go. So we started praying about Colorado because we feel like Colorado is our home. And the Lord opened up a door here at Faith Church, and it's awesome. So that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. That's so awesome. And now you've, you've had the opportunity or maybe the—I don't know. It's an opportunity, but I'm sure it's, it's tough at times to have Greg Steer's kids in your youth group. Like, what is that like? <laughs> sure. You know, you think, okay, man, I'm going to get busted when I do things wrong. Or she's going to go home and tell him everything. And yeah. because I know Kaylee and she would tell him everything. The great thing is, is that 
I had been going to lead the cause and I saw Kaylee and her, the church, this church didn't take students to lead the cause, but she went and she always got thrown in my group. So I, I kind of youth pastored her for those summer camps a couple times. And so I knew her and some of the, some of her friends who were students here. And that was a really good transition. It just really was. That's cool. So, That's really cool. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like having your boss's kids in your youth ministry, and that ha- that's happened before too. You know, having the pastors' yeah. kids in your youth ministry, and you, you know that's why it's good that you're doing what the Lord calls you to do, because you know all I can say is I'm trying to be faithful to what the Lord's doing. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I know that your your ministry from your own background, evangelism is really big. You're friends with Greg Steer, like that's a big piece, but I also know you focus a lot on discipleship. And I think a lot of people within ministry, especially student ministry, have a struggle between, okay, do I put more focus on evangelism? Do I put more focus on discipleship? And I feel like from my outside perspective, I feel like you do a good job of focusing on both aspects of that ministry. So for our audience, what's your ministry look like? How are you able to balance that? Yeah, sure. First of all, I just don't think you ever separate the two. I mean, we, we've compartmentalized everything in America. And so we have everything separated. And really, when you look at I, one of the first books I read outside of the Bible as a new Christian was a book called The Master Plan of Evangelism by Steve Coleman. And it, it's called The Master Plan of Evangelism, but it's on disciple making. And it's a study of the life of Jesus selection, association, consecration, demonstration, delegation. I mean, those things are imprinted in my mind. But real uh, disciple-making begins and ends with evangelism. And so if you look at it, in, I mean, go and make disciples. Well, what he's saying is, and baptizing them, well, he's saying you've taken somebody, brought them to Christ, and then you're walking them through teaching them to obey God, and then you're turning them loose to do the same. So I've, I just don't separate the two. Because nowhere we said we're called to make converts. We're called to make disciples. Mm. And so that's been good for me to just that mentality is that I don't separate the two. Most churches are weak when it comes to evangelism. And honestly, weak when it comes to making disciples, you know, in, because they're both hard. You yep. know, it's easy to gather everybody, teach them a Bible study and, you know, sing Kumbaya or go home or whatever you do. That's easy to do every week and to have fun with students. And by the way, you know, I think fun is like the 11th commandment. Thou shall have yeah. fun. And so whatever I do, I'm going to have fun. But when I came when I came in here to start at Faith Church, I said 68 hours. And they were like, what? I said, that's what you're giving me. It's 34 meetings in a nine-month year mm-hmm. at two hours a night. And you're saying you want me to to make disciples in 68 hours. I go, can I just tell you that's not going to happen? Number one, I'm not the number one influence. So we have to help parents and equip them and resource them. But also it has to be more than that two-hour meeting on Sunday night or whatever day of the week you do it. And so when we came in, I said it's going to take more than Sunday night. So we started these things called D-Squads which are a group of students and a leader doing life with Jesus together. And what that involves is not just, yes, we're going through some materials, okay? But the materials, don't take this wrong, aren't important. <laughs> it's the crew and the doing life together. And here's why, why I say that. Steve, if I were to ask you, 
give me the top three sermons that have changed your life. <laughs> you'd, you'd be squirming to try to think of three. Yep. But if I, if yep. I said to you, name three people who have impacted your life for Christ, you can name mm. them in a second. Absolutely. And it's because of that relationship. And we were never meant to do life with Jesus on our own. Yes, our relationship with Jesus is personal, but it was never meant to be private. And so, so we started these D squads where we're doing, so of the, there, there's six weeks sections. So of those six weeks, there's four weeks where they're doing a week, daily devotions, and then you get together and you talk about it. But two of those six weeks, they're going out, we're mobilizing them. Because that's probably the failure in youth ministry is that we don't, we talk about praying, we talk about evangelism, we talk about serving, but we don't do much of it. So I don't want to do that. I want to really, truly try my best to make disciples. And for us right now, it's these D squads. Is it going to change? Probably. Because if you don't change in youth ministry, you'll be out of youth ministry fast. Okay? But what I'm saying is, is that's our way. So we have individuals, you have groups of, I have a group that meets on Wednesday at, there's three, three of them and me, and then there's another group Wednesday night that meets, and there's six of them and me. And so, and, and actually I have another leader that helps me with that one too on Wednesday nights. And then we have a couple girls groups that are going as well. And so mm -hmm. that's how we're trying to balance it is because the, the students today, they don't care about information. I know we're good at passing information, but you got, you know, 20 years ago, all these, all these data companies were popping up everywhere and every, they were making money because information was important. Okay. Yeah. Well, now YouTube and, and, and Google know it all. And so, you yep. know, the, where are all those data companies? They're broke. They're gone unless they turned into something else because information's. But what the students still need and want is application. Mm -hmm. And that means you have to get them out and doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I grew up on a farm. My dad, he never sat me down and said, this is how you fix the plow. This is how, no, I was out there handing him tools, watching him do it. And I just picked it up. Mm. And so a lot of, a lot of the things we learn is not by just, just learning about it on a, in a textbook. It's about getting out and doing it. You know that yeah. to be true. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of what we're trying to do here. And it's a hard, it's a hard turn here. There's been a lot of pushback because mm. we're actually trying to, to go deeper and wider and not just only provide games. And there's been a lot of pushback. And But I'm sure. just telling you, in the long haul, students want this. They can get games anywhere. Okay? And a lot of times, this thing is a lot more fun than anything else you can do. You know, they're watching videos. Yep. But you know what? Uh, we want to equip them. Isn't that our calling as youth pastors? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Right? Mm -hmm. So we want to equip them. So what we're doing is we're trying to equip them best and then take them out and give them opportunities to apply what they've been equipped with. Does that mm, make sense? And, you know, are we, doing awesome. it, are we doing it perfectly? No, but we're going to give it our best shot. Yeah, absolutely. I love that because, like, like you said, for a long time, we could bring in a, a big crowd of students because it was exciting and fun. But the things that's really going to matter in the long run that, that the cell phones and everything else cannot match is the relationships and the purpose. 
And that's what we're really able to create and, and offer students. And when we do that, man, we unleash them to go and be Christ and and be that in the world that so desperately needs it. And they can actually make an impact with their with their peers. This is probably the loneliest generation I've ever hmm. known. And yet there are so many different ways you can connect, right? Hmm. You know, but everybody's looking for likes and longing for love. And, you know, yeah. it's just so true. And we got to get them out and putting into practice what, so that they can see how they've been created for good works with God planned in advance for them to do. Hey, what we did this weekend was a good work. Mm, absolutely. Well, Bill, I know that you know this. Our, our audience hopefully has figured this out, that it's not just students who need these connections and be able to actually connect, network with each other and help each other out. But we also need that as well as youth leaders. So how has networking with other youth leaders played an important role in your ministry up to this point? Yeah. So again, being unchurched and un, un youth grouped, I just read my Bible and did what I thought it said, you know? So, and that's been a blessing. Uh, I, when I got to Texas, I just started calling other youth pastors and I had suddenly I had a meeting with my own pastor saying, Hey, what are you doing? Getting together with these other guys, you know, they don't believe the same as us. Mm. And I remember that. Cause I was like, Oh my, he was like, you be careful is what he was. And he wasn't telling me no, but he was saying, be careful. And I get it. He, and by the way, he's a great pastor. I loved him. I, I learned so much from him. Oh my goodness. But it was a lot more territorial then than I think it is now. But I have always felt like, aren't we all in this together? Now, I understand I'm not inviting Mormons in. I'm not inviting Jehovah's Witnesses in because they do believe differently, you know, and you have to be careful about that. But, you know, if we can agree on five things, and I, these are the five, okay? God, God's Son, God's Spirit, God's Word, Gospel. If we can agree on those five things, we're good. I don't care. You know, you figure out in your own church foyer what the end times look like. You go figure all out, all that kind of stuff. That's because we can be wrong on that, but we got to be right on these other ones. So if we can get together. So what we did is I started a network in in Katy, Texas. I literally started the network there. And man, when I left 22 years later, that was a rocking and rolling Katy Area Youth Ministries Network. Awesome network. And it was great. And because we all need that crew, okay? We all need a crew of people to do life with Jesus together with. You know, I'm talking that that's what these D squads are about. Well, this is my D squad in the Arvada area, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay? And we need that because there's no way, first of all, there's no way we're going to, our ministry is going to reach Arvada. It's going to take all the ministries here to reach Arvada. So. So yeah, so that that's been really awesome. That is really cool. And I love like so people outside of Colorado may not quite understand this, but I would love for you to to explain a little bit of the the 14er language that you guys sure. have chosen to adapt for your network cuz I every time I think about it it gives me chills and I love it so much. <laughs> so I'll give I'll give creds to Morgan Marshall who is the Youth, pass, youth leader at, youth pastor at uh, Storyline Church. When I came here, I actually got together with her and Matt and then Jason Lamb, friends of mine in the Arvada area, and said, we got to get something started here. And she was telling me she had done the research. So she did all the hard work 
So I get to share this 14 story. So it's, we'll give her a cred. We'll, we'll give God cred, but we'll give her cred. Yeah. So yeah. we found out that there are 14,000 middle school and high school students in Arvada that every week do not get to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's more than 14,000 because some go to our churches, but that's 14,000. And, and, and that's got to change. You know, if God wishes that none should perish and all should come to repentance and the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost, then we should care about that. And we, we want to see that number go down. Okay? And so we just started meeting. I just started calling. What I did was I started calling every one of these youth pastors in town and taking them to lunch and just getting to know their story, getting to know them and say, hey, we're going to start a network and would you be a part of it? Would you be a part of it? And so that's what we did. And so, but the idea of the 14,000 is kind of a cool number in Colorado, because in Colorado, we have these mountains called 14ers. And our state has more 14ers than any other state. And what it means is that there's that many peaks that are at least 14,000 feet tall. So what we're saying is, is this is our mountain that God has given us to climb. And this is our mountain that, that God, we want you to reach these people, but we can't do it. As a matter of fact, even all our ministries can, but our can't, but our students in our ministries can, which is an awesome thing. So we just started meeting, and we seven of our ministries in the area participated in Dare to Share Live. It was a one day. Well, we made it a two day event. We did a Friday night and then all day Saturday, but we had collectively we had 150 students come from seven different ministries. We had like over 200 gospel conversations. It's a day of global evangelism across the, mm. the world. And we were a part of that. So that was something that we came together and did. And it's just a little taste of what I believe God wants us wants to see happen in, in Arvada. Mm. And so, and we had two people come to know the Lord that day. So it was awesome. Nice. That is so awesome. And yeah, I, I've heard you share it. I've heard a couple other people share that every time I get, I got the chance to talk to a youth ministry class at CCU just a couple days ago. And I brought up that your network and I talked about that 14 year story. And every time it gives me chills because I feel like not only is networking important for us to connect with other youth pastors and youth ministry leaders for our sake, but man, that's that's the only way we're actually going to make that significant impact in our community. Yes. If we're empowering other leaders and if we're empowering our students to go out and, and do the work that, that Christ has set up in, in front of us. When I started that, I gave them six things, six things that we're going to be a part of. We're going to meet together. We're going to pray together. We're going to share stories together. We're going to learn together. We're going to dream together, and then we're going to do great things together. So we, I just outlined that. And part of that is part of what I'm involved in is, is something called a gospel advancing ministry. We don't want to just be gospel preaching. If we're not gospel preaching, that's, a, that's something we really need to stop and talk about. But we want to advance it. You know, We want to take the gospel out, outside of the walls of our church. It's easy to praise the Lord and do everything in church, but what are we doing outside of it? So we want to be advancing. And so that's, that's part of our network. I kind of laid the parameters of that this is what we're going to be a part of. And so we'll talk more about that in the weeks to come as we meet. Mm. But that's part of that learning part, you know, that when we come together and meet. So that's going to be great. 
that's so awesome. And I can't wait to keep getting updates and everything on what God's going to be doing in your community. I also know that you have a group of guys that you've been meeting with for a while. You meet online, the the Avengers yep. and stuff, who have also been there for you. So tell us a little about the importance of that network. So I would say about, I want to say a dozen to 15 years ago, I met a couple guys. We were involved in what was known as IT3, which was in the trenches team. So you had T3 trees anyway. And they, it was a, a group, group uh, publishing people who put on the Simply Youth Ministry conferences. Hmm. And the IT3 team would help put those conferences together. And so we, we helped them put together these conferences that had two, 3,000 youth workers from across the nation. It's kind of like youth specialties. Um, so we were part of that. I met Eric Grosinger, who lives in Iowa, Scott Tinman, who lives in Ohio. And the three of us just started a friendship. And we just, you know, we were in the trenches and doing youth ministry together. And we just, we just started communicating back and forth together. We actually went to a Sun Life Ministries conference down in Florida one year. And we went, because we're cheap and we couldn't afford going into Disney, we went to outside of Disney, which is... I think it's called, it was called downtown Disney. I think it's called something else anyway. So you can go down there yeah. and they had this Marvel store. So we walk into the Marvel store and I, you know, they're looking at stuff and I'm just looking around and, and I go back and I, and there's a photo area and I'm like, what's this? And the guy goes, well, you can get your pictures taken in these, these pictures and they'll put your face in like the Avengers. I'm like, dude, I looked around and says, Tinman, Rosier, get over here. And so I ended up being Captain America. Brosinger ended up being Thor. And Hawk Tinman became Hawkeye. We got our picture taken in it. It was an awesome picture, by the way. And ever since then, we've just gone by the Avengers. And it's been a blast. We do, I've, had all, I've had those guys in, in my home in, in Castle Rock. I've had them in my home here in, in Arvada. We've done some vacation time together with them. We just are, we just love those families and mm. we're doing life and ministry with Jesus together. And it is, it is one of the greatest blessings in my life. Mm. That's so good. Yeah. So I, I love when I, when I look at your ministry, I, like you said, you're not doing everything perfectly. We'll, we'll admit that, but I feel like you have, you've got so many of, of the good pieces together in all that. You've got some really close relationships with, with other youth pastors who believe the same thing you're believing, and there's strong relationships between you mm -hmm. and their families yep. there. You've got your local network that you're working together to make an impact in the community that God has, has placed in front of you. You're focusing on evangelism and, and discipleship, all in the, this bigger package that we should be focusing on. Your ministry is going really well. I know that there's probably some hard times and, and stuff like that that come along the way. And, you know, none of us are perfect, but you've got a lot of things that are, that I feel from my perspective are, are, are going really well. So for those of us are, that maybe struggle sometimes that, that are there, what would you say to our audience? How would you encourage them as we're wrapping up today? So here's what I would say about, I'm a lifer in youth ministry. I'm, I plan to do this till Jesus comes, and I'm not moving on to be like a senior pastor. I just love working with teens because I really believe that, man, that is where things are happening, and I want to be in the, in the middle of that and helping them. 
I would say four, I'll give you four S's because I grew up in, in a Baptist church when I came to know the Lord. So <laughs> four S's that I want to encourage people go. if they want to do this for the long run. Okay. The first one is Savior. There's no way I'd be able to do what I do without my Savior. I am just nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can change everybody. And I really am. I still feel like that. I just feel like the little guy. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for those kind of things. But I do, I do intentionally spend time with God. I have, a regu- I have regular rhythms. I call it rhythms of abiding. We, we need to help our students get and ourselves be in rhythms of abiding and reading our words, spending time with God on a regular basis, because then we can have something to give. Because when we're not doing that, we'll just empty our cup. So the first one is Savior. I'm, I'm, I, I feel like Timothy. I thank God, my Savior, who, is, who appointed me to this task. You know, even though I was a, you know, a blasphemer and a violent man and all that kind of, he gave me this opportunity. And so I do feel that way. But Spend time with the Lord. Your ministry will be an outpouring of your relationship with Jesus. And so anyway, the second one is spouse. Um, There's no, no, no way I'd be doing what I am today if it wasn't for my wife. She has been the greatest support, the greatest encouragement of anybody ever in my life. And she's had some hard things. We've had some hard leaves and moves. And you know what? Absolute trooper. And it said, you know, when I married you, I was like, you know, in the scripture, I'll follow you wherever you go. I'll be there wherever you go. And that's been my wife. I know a lot of guys whose wives have said, that's enough and I'm done. And they're out of ministry. And so make sure your first ministry to your wife is the most important. Because if that one goes bad, everything else goes bad. And so keep that one strong. And then the third S is squad. You have to have those squads. Who are your people? Who are your Barnabases and your, and your Pauls and your, Bar- and your Timothys? You need those three people in your life. A, a, a Saul who's pouring into you, a Timothy who you're pouring into, and then a Barnabas who will like you no matter what. You know, you just need those people in your lives. And I got, I got my crews. I do. I have my network here. I have really my staff here is become becoming part of my crew. And then also I got my Avengers and we need those crews in our life. You look at Jesus life, even in the garden. I know these guys get a bad rap for falling asleep, but (laughs) in the garden, they were in there. They were there with him, Peter, James and John. They were there at the most hardest times in his life. They were there. And I would, I would, if something was happening with Tinman or Grosinger, I'd try to be there. So, and then finally, self. And I know it sounds kind of selfish, but it's not at all. If you're going to do this for the long run, you got to take care of yourself, you know, physically too. Yes, spiritually, we talked about that in point one, but physically, you got to take care of yourself. Student ministry is draining. Ministry in general is draining, but student ministry is, I, and you don't have to get out and run every day like I do, but that has certainly helped me. It gives me energy for the day. It gives me, I'm, I'm very active. You know, I'm still able to play. I'm 62. So I'm becoming the, the hope for all aging youth pastors. Mr. Bill's still doing it. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) but what I'm saying is you have to take care of yourself and, and that takes work, you know? And some, you know, I, I can't keep up with the teen eating habits. I would be a hundred pounds heavier. 
I can't do that. I just got to let them stuff themselves and I just, you know, whatever. I'm just saying there's, there's certain things you have to do and you have to take care of yourself. So I would encourage our listeners, man, these are some things to be involved in, you know, be, spend time with your savior, keep your spouse as your first ministry and help her to know when she, that she should feel that way. Jean has veto position in my life. If there's anything going on, she, and she did a while back, she just said, you know, I don't feel like I'm your priority anymore. And I called timeout, you know, and we said, we need to make this right. And we adjust and make it right. So that she does feel like my priority. Okay. I wish I didn't have to call as many timeouts as I do sometimes, but you know what? I'm, I have an awesome wife who will let me know. And then, you know, find your squad and man, take care of yourself. That's all so, so good. Man, I feel like we could probably have separate episodes on each of those four because we could dive into you know what that really looks like. <laughs> but I know people are going, yeah. you've shared so much wisdom, Bill. I, I, I love every time we get to talk. I, I feel like I, I grow so much. I know our audience has grown so much from, from hearing from you. I know they're probably going to want to follow up on some of the things that we've talked about and, and maybe connect with you more. So what are some of the best ways for people to connect with you online? Sure. Well, you can always go to my, um, all my social media is M-R-B-I-L-L 6761. So it's Mr. Bill 6761. So Instagram, Snapchat, Be Real, you know, all those things. Although Facebook is Bill Freund. Okay, because Facebook wouldn't let me change anyway, somehow. But all of them are that way. You can email me at bill.freund, it's F-R-E-U-N-D, and that's at faith.church. And so those are ways you can get a hold of me. And, but, you know, in the words of a famous Colorado college coach, I ain't hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. Some people may oh, not Bill, get it's that. always awesome, as I said, to, to talk with you and loved having you on the podcast, love getting to, to do ministry here in Colorado alongside you, and so excited to see where your ministry goes, but also that, that network uh, of ministries that are that is going strong, and yeah. so excited to see where that goes in the future as well, and just praying that God continues to, to bless you and your ministry. Well, God's been good, man, and... Uh, you know, I always tell people if God said it's time to go right now, you know, I know some people would be, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'd be I'd be out of here because I'm planning my whole life to be with Jesus. So when that time actually comes, I'm not going to be disappointed. I am so thankful to Mr. Bill for joining us on this episode. I really hope you enjoyed connecting with him like I enjoy connecting with him. And I hope you grew from being in his presence for just a moment and hearing some of the wisdom that he has to bring to the student ministry world. I also want to thank you for being here for this episode. And if this episode has given you some things to think about as you plan for your ministry, be sure to let us know. Reach out and tell us how it's impacted you. And if you have someone else who may also enjoy this podcast, be sure to share it with them. It really does help us in so many ways. First of all, it helps other people connect with these guests that we have, but it also helps us keep getting amazing guests on the podcast. So thank you so much for sharing this with others. And if you would like to support my ministry with National Network of Youth Ministries, please follow the link in the show notes where you can sign up for our prayer partnership team and also our financial partnership team. I still have a bit to go before my ministry is fully funded. And as I'm releasing this at the end of 2023, I've set an end of the year goal. I'm praying for $2,023 more in monthly donors to end 2023. 
Maybe God's laying it on your heart to be a part of us reaching that goal. I also want to extend a huge thanks to those who have already partnered with me. I appreciate it so much. And if you're interested in joining my team, please follow the link in the show notes or reach out to me. I would love to talk to you more about how you can partner with this ministry. And before we go, I also want to thank G Shades for sponsoring this episode. Check out their website at gshades.org and use the promo code CONNECTION to save $20 off your order. And while you're over there, be sure to check out their blog and also the book from G Shades founder, Mike Haynes. Also, another reminder that if you want to join me at the Orange Conference 2024 and save 10% off your tickets, just use the promo code OC24NNYM10. That's OC24NNYM10, and you'll save 10% off your Orange Conference tickets. We're going to be back in a couple weeks as always, so make sure you and all your student ministry friends are subscribed so you don't miss it. But until then, be sure to stay connected and may God bless your ministry.